Amen. Amen. Praise God. You could be seated. I um, As I've been praying, church, I mean, I just feel such a sense of anticipation today. As we come to the close of this season and we're entering into something brand new. Our sanctuary is looking beautiful. It's coming together. Next Sunday, we're going to be worshiping there by God's grace. We're, we're excited for that. And, uh, and so we're thankful uh, that you're here in the middle school. And let's all welcome those watching at, uh, at our church in our overflow space. Welcome. We're glad that you're with us as well. And God's been doing something special each week, something great in our midst. But here's what I've realized as I've read the Gospels, of, as I've read in Scripture. I don't just want good things to happen around me. You know, in the, in, the, in the Gospels and in moments in the life and ministry of Jesus, there were things happening and all kinds of people were around when they were happening. I don't want to be around the miracle. I want to be in the miracle. I want to be in the midst of it. I want to experience it. There was a lot of people around and God could touch their lives. But then, like Pastor Marcia shared earlier, for, for there to be a woman that was there, she woke up the next day after being prayed for. She can think clearer than she's ever th been able to think in all this time, 20 years. And then two weeks later, we're still seeing the miracle of God. God did something in her. That's what I pray. Lord, do something in me, not just around me. I don't want to just hear it and just clap for everyone else. That's always good. It's, in it's encouraging to celebrate. But, Lord, I'm asking for you to do something deep in my heart and in my life that I would be changed, that I would be different. And uh, Pastor Marcia's uh, and, I, and I were talking earlier today. Today was the last time she's doing announcements as a member of our pastoral team. Uh, many of you know that in this season, God has called her to step out. And she's stepping out into full-time revivalist ministry where she's going to be traveling. And just this testimony you shared today is another reason why, Pastor Marcia, God is honoring the step that you're taking. Uh, I honor you. We honor you. We love you. We're so excited for what God has in store. Come on, church family. Can we just celebrate? Pastor Marsha, and there are, there are a few examples that I have of people that are just willing to say, I, I trust God and I leave all the consequences up to him. Pastor Marsha is one of those people. You continue to inspire me, you inspire us, and, and we're excited for that. Um, I want to tell you, church family, that this isn't like goodbye whenever uh, after today or after this week. Pastor Marcia is going to still be around. You'll see her from time to time. You'll hear her sharing the word uh, in this pulpit and at our church and around for different kinds of things from time to time. But we also are setting aside, I want you to mark your calendars, two weeks from now on September 8th, we're going to be having a commissioning service and a special reception after second service for Pastor Marcia. We want to pray over you. We want to just send you off and see the Lord's hand uh, lead and guide you as you go. We also, as a church, just want to honor you and spend some time fellowship after service. So everyone, mark your calendars, come out, let's join and let's celebrate the good things God is doing in this season. Amen? All right, God is good and, I, and I'm excited for that. Um, as you have your Bibles, would you open with me to Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter 1, we're going to find ourselves as we come to the end of this summer of Kairos season that we've been walking through. And that phrase that you see here, if you're new, you're saying, what is that all about? Um, in the Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in, the New Testament of the Bible, that, that second half of the scriptures, originally it was written in Greek. And in Greek, there are different words uh, for time. Two different words that we predominantly see. One of them is chronos and one of them is kairos. 
Well, chronos is just like the one when we talk about time. Do you know what time it is? Or, hey, some time went by or whatever the case is. When you normally are talking about time, that's chronos time. But the language of the New Testament, you'll see in the Bible, there is this other word, kairos, that shows up when people are talking about time. And it's different kind of time. It's, it's God moments. It's special ordained appointments, special seasons, these God moments we like to call them. And so what we're doing is as we look at the scriptures, we see that the Bible are full of these God moments, moments where God shows up, where he calls his people to do something, where he intersects with their lives in such a way that calls them to step into the plan and purpose he has for them. And so what we have called this summer is a summer of Kairos, where we've just been studying these God moments and preparing our hearts because I believe with everything in me, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe he is alive? Alive, he is risen, he is working, he is in our lives. And I want you to know God moments are not just refined to the pages of Scripture. The Lord is the author of your story. Jesus is the author of our story. And because of that, he desires to bring about moments of change and transformation. And as you avail yourself to him, you can see him do so much more than you can ever think, dream, or imagine. And whenever we look here and we get to the book of Joshua, we see that these people who are with Joshua, they're called the Israelites, the people of God in the Old Testament, they had seen a lot of Kairos moments. There have been a lot of Kairos moments that have happened. But here's what we find for many of them, for a whole generation before them. All those moments didn't matter because their hearts never changed. But there was a moment now that God was speaking to a new leader because Moses, who had led the people of God out of Egypt, out of slavery, into the wilderness to get to the promised land, God told him, you're not going to be able to enter into it. You and this entire generation, you're going to pass away in the wilderness, and it's going to be Joshua and another generation. They're going to be the ones that can truly enter in to this new land, this new place I'm bringing you to. And so Moses passes away. He dies. And then we see, starting here in Genesis, uh, in Genesis, in Joshua chapter 1, that the Lord begins to speak. And I can imagine, just to set the scene for you, that this is a very sad moment. This is a very somber moment because the leader of God's people had just died. And Joshua was Moses' servant. He was someone that, that loved the person that he had followed. And he had come alongside of him, assisted him in so many ways. He was close by as Moses would worship the Lord and spend time in the Lord's presence. And so I could imagine Joshua was very frightened, very burdened, very saddened by what was happening. There are times that you're going to go through seasons where you feel like everything's falling apart or everything's lost or you don't know what to do or where to turn. And I want you to not lose heart because I believe wherever you find yourself today, even if you think you're in a difficult position, I know this to be true as I read God's word and as I've lived this life following him, that you're only one Kairos moment away from the whole thing turning around. You're only one word away from God shifting everything around and your whole life being different. God speaks and he still works the same way he's been working. And for Joshua, all it took was one Kairos moment, one word from God to change everything and set them on a completely different path. May the same be true of us today as we receive from God's word. I want to read this word today to you. And this is Joshua um, chapter 1 verses 1 through 6. And my prayer for you is that Again, you would not just hear this word, but that you'd receive this word. This word would find root in your heart. 
And that perhaps the Lord wants to speak to you through this very word today. He's calling some of you to to be courageous. He's calling some of you to take bold steps because he wants to speak to you. So let's hear this word and let's just receive from what the Lord has for us today. Joshua 1.1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness to this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea, towards the setting of the sun, will be your territory." No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I believe this word right here is for someone today. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us through this word today. Lord, I pray that you would bring us in the same way to the banks of our own Jordan River, a place, Lord God, that stands between us and the promises, the purpose, the plan that you have for us, Lord God. And would you give us a Kairos moment even right now, Lord God. And would you teach us through your word how we can seize the moment, how we can make the most of the moments that you give us, that we could follow you, that we could be led by you that we can be used by you. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to share with you this morning four ways that we can make the most of the moments God wants to bring into our lives. We see that Joshua here is having a Kairos moment. He's having a God moment. A word from the Lord has come to him. The Lord's calling him to take a big step. I believe that the Lord has that for so many of us here today, that he's calling us to new places. He's desiring to do new work in our lives, and he desires to prepare us through his word. I see a pattern here in Scripture and in these passages in Joshua that help us to understand four things that will help us capture Kairos meaning helps us to seize the God moments that he brings into our lives, to not let them pass us by, but to make the most of them, and to be in a position where we are continually experiencing the more that God has for us. So to look at this here, I want to start with the first, uh, the first word, and this will be four of them that I'm going to share with you today, is conform. The first word is this, that we are to become who God sees you to be. So the first step in this is to become who God sees you to be. There are so many things in this life that want to have a a, a place in shaping who we are. There are experiences that can shape you. And this word conform means to be shaped, to be molded. But here's the deal. You can have all kinds of aspirations. You could have plans for your life. You could have desires and dreams. But I promise you the greatest dream you could ever dream, the greatest prayer you could ever pray, the greatest desire of your heart should be this. Lord, I want to be everything you want for me to be. I want to become everything you have for me to be. You know, in this life and even in society today, we have so many things that we'll say to our children. We'll have so many things that we'll use to encourage them. And I've talked about this before, and I'll continue to share it to speak to you parents that will often hear parents say to children, you could become anything you want to be. You could be anything you want to be. 
but I, I'm really praying a different kind of prayer for my son and for my daughter. My prayer is, is not, I don't want you to be anything you want to be. I want you to become everything God wants you to be. I want you to become the woman, the man of God that he has dreamed for you to be. I want you to be conformed and shaped and, and just become who he wants you to be. Parents, isn't that difficult? I mean, we think, we think it sounds great. But sometimes we have a plan and a purpose and a desire for how we want to see our kids raised and what we want to see them to become. But I want to tell you, parents, greater than the plans you have for your children are the plans that the Lord has for your children. That he has a plan, he has a purpose. He set them apart before you even knew their name. He knew their trajectory. He knew them. And with that comes plan, purpose, an incredible future. And I've been praying a different kind of prayer. Lord, make my children everything you want them to be. Help them to become that. And I, I would tell you, parents, if you begin to pray that over your children, if you begin to encourage them in that, you begin to say, you know what, I want you to become everything God wants you to be, that's a dangerous and exciting prayer. Because what we do is we lose control of that. Because sometimes we, we have a plan for what we want our kids to be, what we want it to look like, how we want it to turn out. That we wouldn't want them to be in harm's way or in danger in any way or whatever the case is. But I want you to know the safest place for your child to be is in the will of God. I promise you that. There's nowhere safer. Well, what if God wants them to go to some distant land and, and they're in some dangerous place or a missionary or whatever? It's safer to be there if it's God's will than to be in some place that you think is safe here outside of God's will. We want God's will. Are you with me, parents? What if we would begin to pray that way? What if we begin to encourage that, that we want to see people become everything God wants them to be? You know, I tell you, parents, is anyone with me that you'd love to see that happen for your children, for your sons, for your daughters? Anyone with me? That's my prayer. That's my desire. Let me tell you one of the greatest ways that would help them to become everything God has called them to be is if they see mom and dad modeling it. Sometimes we want something for our children that we're not willing to run after for ourselves. It doesn't need to skip a generation. Go chase after everything God wants in you. Go chase after the life God has for you. Go set your heart on becoming everything God wants you to be and watch how that speaks to your family. Watch how that encourages your children. More than the words you speak and the opportunities you give, the life that you lead paints a picture. Show them what it means to be conformed, to become everything God desires us to be. And watch what God does and watch how God uses that to speak so clearly and to move so powerfully. You know, the Lord was speaking to Joshua, and what he was doing when he said be strong and courageous, he was painting a picture. He was saying, you don't have to be who everyone else says you are. Here's who you are. You're strong and courageous. He was beginning to speak purpose into Joshua's life, and he began to set him on a brand new plane, a brand new direction. And for Joshua, what we see is he's not molded by the opinions of people. He's not trying to become who Moses was. He is ready to become everything God wants him to be. And to the very best of his ability, he allows his life to be conformed to who God sees him to be. Have you ever taken time and, and just prayed this one prayer? Lord, who do you see me to be? Lord, what's the plan and purpose you have for my life? Lord, what is it you desire to do in me and through me? What is it you desire to see happen in my life? Here's what I want you to know today. 
that God has a plan for every life in the, within the sound of my voice. You may think that your life is insignificant. You may think that there's no relevance, that there's nothing God could do with you. You might think, well, you're a pastor. Of course you'd say that, but you have a job. You're working for God. We're all meant to be working for God. We're all meant to be serving God. We're all meant to be doing something because we are called to live on mission, church. I don't think you're with me today. I hope you're shouting me down in the overflow because this isn't happening in here, okay? But we're all called to, to serve the Lord. Our lives are not our own if we're followers of Jesus. And because of that, we pray and say, Lord, shape me to become who you want me to be. That's what Joshua was doing. And so what does it mean to be conformed? To be conformed and to become who God wants us to be. It means this. It's about bringing our hearts, our hearts and our lives into alignment with God's word and God's ways. So what does it mean to be conformed, to be shaped? It says, don't be conformed by this world, but be conformed into the image of Jesus. Look more like him. And so to do that, we bring our heart first. I promise you, you must start with your heart. If you want to see your life changed, if you want to see it transformed, it cannot just begin with your behaviors. Because what happens then is it's behavior modification. And you're doing all the right things, but you're not doing it with the right motive and with the right heart. And it can look great on the outside, but you can almost become like the Pharisees we read about in Scripture. You know all the right things to say and all the right things to do, but your heart's far from Him. Jesus called them like whitewashed tombs. It might look good on the outside, but it's death on the inside. We don't want that. But you start with your heart because where your heart goes, the rest of your life will follow. The behaviors will follow. If, if not, you might find yourself running the risk of, if you've ever read the story of the prodigal son, which we read about in Luke's gospel, chapter 15, we'll find this older brother who lived at home and a younger brother who went off and wasted away his life. And when he came home and the dad wanted to celebrate, the older brother uses all these kind of external behaviors. Don't you know, um, I did all the right things. I was always here. I always served. I got up early. I took care of the flocks. This man, your son over here, he, he blew everything away. He, he, his heart was so distant, he thought he earned his way into God's grace. He thought if I just do all the right things, that's good enough. But his heart was so far in that moment. We don't want to be like that, amen? We want our whole lives to be looking and reflecting Jesus. And then obedience flows out of that heart that's connected and conformed into his image. And so it starts with you understanding God's word. If you're going to bring your life, your heart, into alignment with God's word and his ways, know his word. Read his word. Spend time in his word. Learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You know, this cannot be when you sit and listen to me or, or, or watch us or, you know, s some kind of other pastor preaching on TV. That cannot be the only time that you're in God's word. You have received his word for yourself. We all have Bibles. So many of us, if you don't have one, you come talk to me, we'll give you one. You could download one in your pocket and have it on your phone. Spend time daily in his word and watch what it unlocks in your life. Watch how you begin to then live differently because you realize, hold on, this is what God wants of my life. We don't have to wonder what God wants. We don't have to wonder what God is like. He's given us his word to show us his heart, that we could be conformed and look more like him. Another great way to go through that process of transformation and really learn what does it mean to become everything God wants me to be, go through growth track. You heard about growth track today? Sign up for it today. Start it next week. You go through a process where you learn what it means to be a disciple. You learn your gifting. You can learn how you could serve and be used by God for an amazing, amazing purpose. And so go through growth track. Four weeks, it could be life-changing. 
for so many of you. It's another way just to be conformed. Are we ready? Second word is connect. Connect means to stand in unities with, with others who are following God, to be connected. You know, I, I feel that so often we can become so disconnected from one another in the faith, and it's so important to be together. For you to become everything God wants you to be, for you to ultimately seize the moments, the God moments he has for your life, it's not just for you to be connected to God. That's very important. But you should be connected with others who are also following God. You'd be amazed to see how far your life can go, how much you can grow through community and through connection with one another. And so stand in unity with one another. For Joshua, when we get to this passage, and Joshua says, I want, uh, the Lord says to Joshua, I want you to go and cross into the promised land. For Joshua to become everything God wanted for him to be, it wasn't going to rest on him alone. For him to fulfill the ultimate plan that God had, it required the hands and the hearts of many to be connected to God and moving in the same direction. When we learn what it means to get connected with others who are also moving in the same direction as we are towards God and his purposes, you will see transformation. You will see God moments, Kairos moments happening in your life, and you'll see God doing some amazing things. So God had specific instructions. He had parts for all the people to play. I want you to know, if we're truly the church that Jesus imagines us to be, there's a part for every single one of us. We're meant to be connected to each other. We're meant to be serving. We're meant to be used. This was never the ultimate picture of what Jesus had envisioned for a church. It's not us sitting and filling pews and seats. It's fulfilling a purpose. Always remember that. The purpose of the church is not to fill seats. It's to fulfill purpose, to fulfill the plan God has for our lives, each one of us and collectively. You still with me, church? So we got to be connected to one another. So the Lord connected people. There were the Levites and, and, and who were the priests, and there were the officers and others that would go ahead. We're meant to be connected to one another. A great way for you to get connected. Small groups are starting up in just a few weeks. We love small groups, but there's so many you've not yet gotten connected to a small group. For me, it's one of my favorite parts of what I get to do is be a part of a small group. I have some men that I come together with. We would get together weekly. We pray. We talk about the message, and we spend time sharing life together. And the Lord meets us every single time. Anyone else a part of a small group? Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's amazing. It's life-giving. It's transformational. Sign up today. Roy's down here in the front. I think there'll be someone over at the school if you're there, or over at the church if you're there. We'd love to connect with you after service, get you plugged in. Sign up. Get connected. Find a group near you. If there's not one near you, then start a group and gather with some friends and saying, what are we doing here? We're all going to connect together and follow Jesus. That's our goal. That's our goal. We're just going to connect together, and we're going to move in the direction that the Lord has for us. And as we do that, the Lord can meet us in such special ways. I know this. For me to get where God wants me to be, it's not just me alone. I want to see my family walking in the truth. I want to see the people that I love and care about walking in the truth. But here's what I realized because of my calling, and Pastor Marsha and Pastor Paul and Pastor Rick and so many of other staff members can agree our heart's desire is not just to see us walking in the truth, but to see our church walking in the truth. To see all of us moving in the direction, connected to God and one another, to become everything God wants us to be. I know Pastor Paul and Pastor Kerry, their heart's desire is to see our next generations, our youth and our children, running after all that God has for them. It's not just about us. It's about the whole church, the whole people of God being connected, fulfilling their purpose. Amen?
So we've got to stand in unity with one another. There's something so powerful when we're in unity together. Not just we're in the same place at the same time, but our hearts are connected. Our minds are connected to one another. That's why our weekly prayer meeting is so powerful. We get together and we pray, and there are sometimes over 200 of us that will come together and call on the name of the Lord on Wednesday nights. And it's different than if we're all just praying in our homes. Yes, that's important. Yes, that's great. But the Lord says this, where brothers dwell together in unity, there I command a blessing. There's a blessing that God brings to God's people when they gather together in prayer, seeking him, calling on him. So there's power in unity and standing in unity together. All right, the third thing after we come to connect is to commemorate. And this means to remember God's faithfulness. In Joshua chapter 4, this is right after they come to the edge of the Jordan. The Lord gives them specific instructions. They unite together as one team. They carry out the purpose God gives them. They move together in unity. And then they get, when they step into the banks of the river, the waters reside, walls up on each side. In this Jordan River, which at that time would have been at high tide, it would have been much higher than normal. All the waters held back, and they're able to pass through a riverbed on dry ground, just like the, uh, the Israelites passed through the Red Sea a long time earlier. They pass through on dry ground. They see the miraculous hand of God lead and guide them. There's a Kairos moment right there in the Jordan River. Those that were in Israel saw the Jordan River. We were there. We were right around it. We've, we've seen it for ourselves. To imagine that river just dried up and people, a whole nation of people passing through on dry ground is breathtaking to imagine. But the Lord wanted them to remember, not to forget. Because soon the waters would go back, life would go on, and everything could be swept away and they could just forget what God had done in that moment. So the Lord gives some specific instructions through Joshua. Look at verses 4 through 7 of Joshua chapter 4. It says, So Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. And he says, let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean? Then you will say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan. And the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Did you catch that? What the Lord had them to do was go into the middle of the dried up Jordan River in every tribe, which were 12 tribes of Israel, take up one stone. We're going to get on the other side and we're going to make a memorial. We're going to stack these stones right there. And whenever your children come and they wonder, what are these stones all about, mom and dad? No, no. What are these stones about, great grandma and great grandpa? Generations later, they will look and say, this is how faithful our God is. You know, when I think about my life, I don't want to just see my life matter for something today or a few years from now. Man, what would it look like if my life could leave a legacy for others? What if others could look back at the God moments in my life that I remembered, that I captured, that I shared, and they could look back and they could trust God afresh in a new generation? That's leaving a legacy. Does anyone want to leave a legacy? Come on, more than just good feelings, more than just memories, more than just, just good feelings and good stuff. 
We're going to leave something that will last for generations. You'll never leave something if you don't spend time commemorating and remembering the faithfulness of God. I was sitting in a small group with some, some of these guys, and as we're talking, we were sharing about this. And we were talking about, you know, we don't, we don't remember enough of the great things that God does in our lives. Does anyone here, have, have, has anyone seen the Lord move in the last two or three days in your life? You saw something happen over the weekend maybe, and you remembered? Here's what I promise you. There's some people that are not raising your hands. God moved in your life. You just forgot. I promise you. You know why? Because there are things God did in my life over the last two days. I don't even remember them yet. But there were times that I paused and I said, thank you, Lord. That was, thank you. That was so good. Come on, someone knows what I'm talking about. You can remember praising the Lord and you don't even remember what it is. So we got to thinking. I think this is a good idea. And we said, you know, what would it look like if we could just remind ourselves every day to, to, to remind ourselves every day of what the Lord has done? And so one of the guys in our group, and I don't know if a couple of the other ones did as well, but he set his phone for I think it's like 9.14 every night. And at 9.14 p.m., he gets an alarm that goes off on his iPhone. And on your iPhone, you could set your alarms to have different like things like wake up or take out the trash or do whatever. His says, what did the Lord do today? And at 9.14 every single day, he stops. And he's been doing this for three or four months now, I would imagine. And he pulls out his notes app, and he just types. He thinks, and he types for five minutes. This is all the things the Lord did today. Now, that may sound, some of the things may be very, very small. But here's what I promise you now. Three or four mo months later, if the enemy wants to come and begin to discourage him, if he begins to become depressed and wondering, man, where is God? What has God been doing? I kind of feel alone. He can literally find hundreds now, if not thousands of moments that the Lord has moved in his life. And he can be reminded again and again of just how faithful our God is. Isn't that amazing? Come on, I think some people are going to be setting their alarms, huh? Saying, all right, Lord, I want to remember what you've done. Do what you need to do to capture those moments. Because when you learn what it means to remember the faithfulness of God, it grows your faith, it strengthens you, and it can be life-changing. It could be a continual reminder of your life. For me, my wife and I, this last July, last month, we celebrated 10 years of being married. And uh, we're so thankful, and we think about that. And I love her. She was here in first service, and I, I shared some, some very nice things uh, ab about her and how much I love the memories that we've made and these things. But we recognized early on that the Lord was in the midst of our relationship and that he had these special moments that we wanted to see. We wanted to see God's best. We wanted to see God move in our lives. We wanted to see God moments happen. And before we were married, when we got our rings, um, we purchased our rings, we had each of our rings inscribed on the inside of it. And I want you to see what it says on the inside of that. Do you see that word? Kairos. So we had our rings both inscribed with this word. And so I was just recalling with Mandy this weekend. I said, can you believe that 10 years after we're married, the series that we're preaching <laughs> during our 10-year anniversary is Kairos. It's, it's these same moments we're we've been chasing after for the last 10 years. We've been praying and asking God to move in. But, you know, for us, we wrote that in there because we wanted there to be a constant reminder that we want to experience all that God has for us. 
We want these Kairos moments in our lives and our family. And to think about how faithful God has been, it's just been breathtaking and amazing. But again, it was, it was a way of remembering. What ways have you created? What habits have you created in your life? What, what opportunities are there for you to commemorate and make sure that when God moves in your life, you put a stake in the ground and you do not forget it. And you're able to share it and pass it on to your children and their children to remember the faithfulness of God. Amen? And the final word that we have, Pastor Rick and the worship team can come up, is this word, cleave. This word, cleave, is a very powerful word because it actually, if you go and you look in a, in a dictionary, there are two definitions for it that are in two different directions. The first part means to cut, to cut away. And the second part means to cling to. So when it talks about a leave, a, father, a man will, and wife, a woman will leave her family and will cleave to. So this is this idea of clinging to, grabbing hold of. But cleave also means to cut away. And after the children of Israel entered into the promised land, the first thing that happened, the first thing that they would do as they entered in is something very personal, very painful, very sensitive. They went through a process called circumcision. This was a part of what God required. It was a cutting away. It's very vulnerable. It's very weird to talk about, to think about, but this is what God desired. And this painful process was a continual reminder. The Lord cuts away the old, and the Lord has set them apart for himself, and it was a way for them to, to be set apart unto the Lord. And so they went through this process, which would have had to have been very painful, very sensitive. But it was the first thing that had to happen as they entered in. Here's what I want you to know. For you to enter into the fullness of what God has for you, there's some old things that have to be cut away. There's some things that have to go because they're only going to hold you back. They're only going to become a deterrent for everything God has for you. And for you to be able to do that, you have to fully embrace this idea of cleaving, that I'm going to cut away what's old and I'm going to cling to God with everything I have. And so that's what, that's what they did. The Lord had that for Joshua. And when they did that, right after that, the Lord began to speak to them as they set their hearts on the Lord. And he said, now the Lord has removed your shame from you. Now the Lord has lifted all these things and he's setting you free. For us today, we have to ask ourselves, Lord, if you're bringing me to a new place, if you're moving in my life in a powerful way, what can't remain? What has been standing there? What is the sin that so easily entangles me? the things that trip me up, the part of my old self that just hasn't yet died, Lord, would you cut it away and would you allow it to remain on that side of the Jordan? Because, Lord, I'm passing into the new thing you have for me. It's in those Kairos moments that the Lord calls us to surrender. He calls us. I promise you this. If you want to be conformed into the image of Jesus, if you want to look more like him, if you want to be more like him, it's hard to be conformed if we're carrying baggage that's not a part of our story anymore. If you're carrying shame that is not a part of your life anymore. If you're still living with an identity that is not who you are now. You are not your past. You are not your failure. You are not those worst decisions that you made. You're a son. You're a daughter of God if you belong to Jesus. Your past doesn't define you. You're defined by who Jesus has called you to be. If you've surrendered your life, if you've turned from your sin, if you've embraced Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you're a new creation, the Bible says. Those old things have passed away. They've been cut off. Now the new remains, so cling to God with everything you have. Would you stand to your feet with me today?
wherever you can hear the sound of my voice today, here in our overflow online. Today, here's what I believe. I believe the Lord's speaking to hearts. When we get back to this idea of becoming who God sees me to be, I want to show you those four words again up here on the screen. Conform, connect, commemorate, and cleave. This is the process to capturing Kairos, to grabbing a hold of these moments God wants to bring into your life. And today, as maybe some of you, God's been speaking to you. I've been praying for you. I've been praying, Lord, speak to our people. Speak to everyone that would call Evangel home, that will walk through our doors. Begin to show them the plans, the purposes you have for their lives. And today, if you be, are beginning to feel like the Lord's stirring something in your life, He's speaking to you, He's setting you apart, He's giving you clarity in something, or today if you're asking Him to do that, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar just now. And we're just going to begin to pray. I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray over you as you're beginning to hear from the Lord about what it is He's speaking to you about. If that's you and that's happening, I want you to come. Today, if you're feeling like you desire to see the Lord move in your life in a deeper way, you just want everything He has for you, I want to invite you to come. We're going to pray for you today. Today, you've been asking the Lord just to bring a Kairos moment before you that you're believing that God is preparing you for something. And you're just asking Him just to open the doors, just to make it clearer and clearer. We're going to pray for you. So today, if the Lord's going to speak in your heart, just come. Just come. I invite our prayer teams to come here and in both locations. And we're just going to begin to pray in just a moment. And come on, church. There's there's no, no delay. You don't have to feel embarrassed. Just come if you feel that tugging on your heart. Don't let this moment pass you by. Nothing uh, magical is going to happen. Nothing weird is going to happen. But here's what I believe. I, I have seen the Lord meet me in so many times when I've come to an altar, when I've stepped out of my own comfort zone, stepped out of my seat and just said, Lord, I'm, I'm just coming just to meet with you. I'm just coming. I just want to be with you right now. I want to hear from you. And so as you come forward, um, we're just going to begin to pray. We're just going to begin to ask the Lord to speak to you, to lead you, to guide you as you set your heart on him. Thank you, Lord. All around this room, I want to invite you in both locations to just extend your hand right now towards those that are praying. And would you even begin to pray yourself? Say, Lord, speak to me, Lord God. Move in my heart and life, Lord God. Shape me to be more like you. Begin to pray through any of these words that spoke to you today. Begin to ask the Lord to help you with that area. Lord, help me. I feel lonely. Help me to get connected, Lord God. Help me to remember, Lord God, the goodness, the faithfulness that you have in my life. I'm, I'm going to ask right now, Lord, just begin to remind some of your people of how faithful you've been in their lives. Give them images. Show them over and over again your faithfulness, Lord God. And for those who are struggling because they know they have to cut things away, Lord. Lord, right now, freedom in your presence, Lord God. So as people are coming, we're just going to begin to pray right now. Come on, just begin to lift your voice to heaven. Begin to ask the Lord to meet them, to speak to them, to set them apart. Lord, I thank you that in this season, Lord God, you're speaking to your church, Lord God. You're speaking to your sons and to your daughters, Lord God. You're showing them, Lord God, that you have a plan, you have a purpose, Lord God. You know the plans that you have for them, Lord God. Not to harm them, but to prosper them. To give them a hope and a future, Lord God. But we pray against despair and hopelessness, Lord God. We pray that there be fresh wind, Lord God. A fresh fire that burns in their heart. A fresh passion for the purpose you have for them, Lord God. And as you set them apart, Lord God, would you bless them and keep them and strengthen them, Lord God. Lord, may their hunger to follow you lead to a hunger for your word, a hunger to know you more and more. And as they know you more, would they know their plan, Lord God, more. Would they know what you have for them more and more. So I pray, Lord God, you'd root them in your word. Root them in who you are. Strengthen them, Lord God, we pray. 
Holy Spirit, would you come and would you empower, Lord, each one, Lord, that you are setting apart for a great work, Lord God. Whether it's here, whether it's around the world, whether it's in ministry or mission, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in teaching, Lord God, and they're going back to a school. Lord God, you have set us on mission, Lord, all over, across the street and around the world, Lord God. And we need your strength and your power to meet us, to lead us, and to guide us. In Jesus' name, as we're continuing to pray up here in the front, I want to talk to some of you that are here today. That the first and greatest way for you to step into everything God has for you is that you must surrender your life fully to Jesus. There are some here that you've been standing on a fence, you've been waiting, you haven't fully given your whole life to Him. He loves you so much. God loves you that He died for you and He, and he gave His all for you. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. He paid a price that you could never pay. Your life doesn't need to be full of shame, guilt, fear about the past. He has a future for you. But that will only come through a full surrender, a full cutting off of the old, embracing Him with everything you have. And today, if you're within the sound of my voice and you're ready to surrender your whole life to Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And this prayer is a prayer of turning your heart towards Him, surrendering your life to Him, and committing yourself to follow Him. And if you're here and you're ready to do that, you're ready to give Him your whole heart, your whole life, I want you right now just to lift your hand high above your head. And we're going to pray in just a moment. If that's you and you've not done that before and you're ready to do that, just lift your hands right now before the Lord and we're going to pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for hearts lifted to you right now. I want you to repeat these words after me from the bottom of your heart. Repeat this right now if you're praying it for the first time. Pray, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. I believe that you died and that you rose again for me. And today I cling to you, Lord, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate with them. I'm going to pray for us today as we get ready to go. May the Lord continue to bring us into Kairos moments. Lord Jesus, we pray today that you would send us out by the power of your Holy Spirit. That, Lord God, you would allow us to capture the moments, Lord God, the Kairos moments that you bring into our lives. That you'd shape us more and more into your image. That you connect us with one another. That you would cause us to remember and never forget your faithfulness. And you would allow us to cling to you, to cleave to you like never before. Lord, we pray you'd mark this upcoming season with your blessing, with your hand, with your provision. Lord, we look forward to next week coming into our new sanctuary, coming into a new season, coming into a new place. So we ask your presence to meet us as we set our hearts on you. Lord God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. If you need to go, feel free to head out. We'll see you on Wednesday night for our prayer night and next Sunday morning back over in our sanctuary. If you need prayer, please feel free to stay forward. We'd love to pray with you. God bless.